This morning's Old Testament comes to us from Micah 6, verses 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And this morning's epistle lesson, gospel lesson, gospel lesson comes to us from John 13, verses 3 through 15. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he'd come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I'm doing, but later, later you'll understand. And Peter said to him, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he, Jesus, knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he'd washed their feet, had put on his robe, and returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I've done to you? You call me, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I've got to say, I've got to say, I don't like feet. That's an understatement. It's an understatement. The only feet, the only feet that I touch, because I can't say no, 
are the two babies, Kensley and Hannah. I can't, I can't, I can't refuse. They, for both of them, they crawl up on my lap to watch Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy or the golf tournament on Sundays. And the next thing I know, the next thing I know, they've put their foot in my hand to play piggy toes or to offer comfort. But for everyone else, everyone else, no one touches my feet and I don't touch theirs. But I believe the entirety of the Gospel of John can be summed up in this hospitable act that we read about this morning, we heard this morning, of a friendship where an extraordinary master takes, takes the place of servant to his own servants. The towel-clad Jesus has extraordinary knowledge, authority, divine origin, and yes, destiny. And yet in this hour of anticipated execution and glorification, the disciples and perhaps we witness what was already declared by John the baptizer where he said, here is the Lamb of God who, who takes away the sin of the world. The disciples don't understand. Do we understand? Do we understand? Where, where are we positioned in this story? Are we servants of Jesus and God? Or does the demonized figure of Judas live in us as well? Can we live in the world and not be of the world? Like Simon Peter, what if the act of our teacher and Lord washing our feet, cleansing us from head to toe is too intimate, too close? I was at a, at a denominational meeting at conference, conference up, uh, up at State College and, and was speaking with a prominent theologian, a teacher and preacher about his, his preaching and his, his books and how they, they never get stale, never. They're always brimming with life. What was his secret? What were his practices? What were his, his processes? And we faced each other, active listening and service. And in mid-sentence, in mid-sentence, he paused. And looking down, we both noticed that my docksiders had come untied. And without hesitation, without hesitation, before I could do anything about it, he knelt down on one knee and tied my shoe. He stood up. And he resumed the conversation as if nothing had happened. He had just preached a sermon to me. He had washed my feet, so to say. He, he was an intimate servant and messenger of God. Maybe that's why he was so well respected. Maybe that's why Jesus says to his disciples, do not be afraid to stoop down and offer the most humble service imaginable to one another. It's no more than I've done for you. 
Jesus, Jesus is at the table with his disciples, all of them, all 12 are there, reclining, propped up on their elbows, dipping their pita bread into bowls of savory hummus smacking their lips, licking their fingers, the sound of conversation filling the room, punctuated from time to time by loud laughter or the clink of a clay cup against each other. Oil lamps are flickering in the background, their lights reflected in the shining eyes of the disciples, and all the while, Jesus gets up. He gets up from the table he strips off his, his outer robe. He wraps a towel around his waist and pours water into a basin and begins to wash the disciples' feet. It, would, it, it wouldn't be unusual if it were one of the household servants. The disciples have had their feet washed hundreds of times before. But this time, this time, it's their teacher, their Lord, the Son of God. As he moves from one to another, they fall silent until all you can hear is the splash of water being poured into the basin over dusty, dirty, smelly, calloused feet. Peter objects, but, but Jesus persists. In the end, Jesus puts his robe back on to join them at the table. Do you know what, do you know what I've done to you? He asks. Apparently not. Apparently not, because no one says a word. I've set for you an example uh, if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. On one level, Jesus' action is symbolic, representing the pendulum swing of, of John's opening lines, in which Jesus removes the outer robe of his glory and wraps around himself a towel of human flesh, suffers dies for the sake of the world, and then reclothes himself with that glory and resumes his rightful place in the bosom of the Creator. This may be what Peter and the other disciples will understand later. On another level, though, Jesus' Jesus' actions is they're personal. It's pastoral. The disciples need to have their feet washed. No one else has volunteered to do it. None. Perhaps, as in the Synoptic Gospels, they have been arguing about which one of them is the greatest. And for any one of them to volunteer to wash the feet would be to lose the argument. So Jesus gets up. He gets up to do it, shocking them all by his disregard for social and cultural convention. As Peter implies in his objection, foot washing is for the slaves. 
However, when Jesus has finished, if, if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. It's a good reminder for us all. We're not here to lord over one another. We're here to wash one another's feet. We're here to serve. Sometimes, sometimes it's awkward. It's awkward to serve. Sometimes it's even embarrassing. And in some cases, well, since the invention of the pantyhose, practically impossible. Maybe the real problem, maybe the real problem for us is that, is that we don't do it often enough to be good at it. Not actual foot washing necessarily, but those, those countless small acts of humble service that we can offer to one another on a daily basis. It's, it's Jesus' radical love that in the end is humbling in nature, but great indeed. If I've washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Then he goes and does one better. And it doesn't, end, it doesn't end here. If I've laid down my life for you, you also ought to lay down your lives for each other. Well, that's not exactly the way he puts it. But he says, I give you a new commandment. That you all love one another. But in the next phrase he says, just as I have loved you, you should love one another. And then later on in John's, John's uh, gospel, in, in chapter 15, he says, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. The connections are clear. The connections are clear. Lay, love is laying down your lives for one another. Giving up of yourselves for one another. Foot washing is one of those small everyday acts of humble service. And, and both of these reveal us to be the disciples of Jesus. A humble love that, that puts activism over piety and polity. Tending to the sick and those in need. Fighting for justice, freedom and peace. To mend the broken and the bruised. Just as baptism inaugurates us into Jesus' ministry of tending and washing the wounds of a broken world, we too are in need of the ongoing washing of Jesus and the bathing of our own weary feet if we are to have the strength, the compassion, and the spirit to continue the ministry that we're called to do. Indeed, if, if we don't allow Jesus to bathe us, we may very well find that we are cut off, cut off from the very source of power to serve and heal others in Jesus' name. Friends, you, you and I are clothed in the humble yet omnipotent love of God to do not only random acts of kindness, but intentional acts of kindness. As Jesus told us to love our neighbors as ourselves, 
Perhaps it's simply holding a door so one can enter. Perhaps it's pushing someone into Sunday school or into church. Perhaps it's offering a cool drink to someone. Perhaps it's offering a ride or offering an ear for someone to talk. Perhaps it's just offering a smile to know that you care. Just a little act of kindness can go a long way. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich, and I'm humbled that you took the time to listen to this podcast. I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to ministry and that if you don't have a church home, that you are able to find one. Please feel free to tune in on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 12.20 p.m. for our Bible studies, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for our Learning Center courses, and of course on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our worship. Just go to fpclc.org to see all our various programs and events. Thanks again, and God bless you and keep you safe. May God embrace you and keep you in his countenance. Peace.